my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we're always talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the way the world is changing. Of course, we're always looking at through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Technology is always what changes the world. It changes the way that we work, organize, communicate, and so then politics and finance changes around it. Of course, the technology that's changing the world is Bitcoin and this decentralized revolution. That's why we frame that up. And today we have a big show. I want to dig in deep into some changes that are happening as this deglobalization, as this decentralization happens. I've been talking about this for a really long time, and this story is escalating. It really highlights exactly where we're at in this 250-year political revolution, where the world pendulum swings from decentralization, maxes out at centralization, and starts to swing back to decentralization, which is exactly where we're at. So if you want to know what the heck is going on in the world, what this means, and more importantly, where we're going so you can prepare, then this is one that you want to listen to today. Now, a lot of people tell me, Mark, what do you mean that the pendulum swinging back towards decentralization? Because everything I see is more centralization. Well, you have to understand that the pendulum swing is long. It's a 250-year arc. So over a 50-year period, it's basically sitting up in that centralization uh, period. However, in times like this is when all the change happens. Inside this 250-year cycle, there's 84-year cycles. 
And uh, it's been popularized by the book Fourth Turning, which is basically in this 80-year cycle, there's four 20-year cycles. If you're familiar with this, and if you're not, uh, spoiler alert here, but at this last turning, the fourth turning, this fourth 20-year cycle is when all the change happens. This is why you hear uh, the famous quote I've often used of Vladimir Lenin, uh, the infamous quote I should say from Vladimir Lenin, is that there's decades where nothing seems to happen, and then there's days where decades seem to happen. And so that's where we're at. We're witnessing literally decades happening seemingly in days. And it seems like the world is just spiraling out of control to those that aren't happy with it. Um, maybe some people are uh, uh, very happy with the way the world is progressing. Uh, but I want to break this down so you can understand this from a play-by-play level because it's sort of like the proverbial uh, frog in the boiling pot of water, so to speak, right? Where like sometimes if you're just living in it and you're, you know, you're busy focusing on your, on your business, uh, your family, which things that you should be for sure. Uh, you shouldn't be absorbing yourself too much in these, these issues because they don't really mean anything to you daily, but it is important to understand where things are going. And so some of the signposts we see is that as the world is leaving centralization, the central power, so as the federal government of the United States has continued to get stronger, 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 but not just the United States, uh, the central power of the UN, the United Nations, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, the G7, um, But as the people are starting to reject their power, each force requires an equal and opposite reaction, they squeeze harder to try to retain power. We can see this in many examples, and I want to dig into one today, one that I'm super passionate about because I'm a content creator. Here I am talking to you um, and trying to explain this to you. I'm trying to give you perspective on these things. I believe that freedom above all, and I believe freedom of speech is the most fundamental right. Fun- freedom of speech and freedom to transact. And so I, re- I can still remember uh, several years ago, the first time I found myself creating content for my YouTube channel and self-censoring myself. And I remember the feeling specifically of how sad I was to think that here I am, an American inside the United States, and I'm, I'm having to self-censor myself. And it's been a while now, and I've had to deal with this. But it's not getting better at this point. It's only getting worse. However, we're getting lots of tools that are helping us to evade this. So that's the pushing back part. And so then the state has to squeeze down even more. Now, I told my wife, I think it was sometime last year, I said, you know, there's probably a chance in the next two years, I won't be able to continue doing what I'm doing living inside the United States. Me, growing up in the land of the free, I have the Statue of Liberty and American flag tattooed on my body. I bleed red, white, and blue. My father, my my father-in-law both fought in Vietnam. My grandfather in World War II. I bleed for this country. I'm an American patriot. And so for me to have to even tell my wife, hey, just heads up, probably in the next two years, I'm either going to, we will either have to leave the United States or I'm going to have to find a new job. And while that seemed like hyperbole at the time, The time is pretty much here. So let's break this down. Now, we know, if you're listening to me, you know, not everybody knows this. Uh, People in China know this. People in Russia know this. Not everyone in America knows this, that mainstream media, which is no longer mainstream anymore, I'll call it legacy media now. Legacy media is nothing but propaganda. Now, if you're listening to me, you already know this, uh, and you can see this everywhere. You know that CNN and CNBC and ABC is all propaganda with an agenda. Now, you could say that the other side, I guess, might be Fox News, probably has an agenda as well. And so everybody's starting to realize this, and so they're not watching anymore. I talked to someone from China a couple years ago, and I remember them specifically saying, why does everybody in America watch the news? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why, why wouldn't they watch the news? And they said, because in China, we all know that the news is propaganda. Um, and I think people are starting to wake up to that 
old mainstream media, now legacy media, is propaganda, which is why CNN is now on their third president, a CEO president, in 18 months. They are losing viewers. They are hemorrhaging viewers faster than they can. Um, their top-rated shows in prime time gets a few hundred thousand views, a few hundred thousand views. My main YouTube channel, Mark Moss, if you're not tuned in, you should go check it out. Uh, I get that many views sometimes on my videos, not, not, not consistently, but sometimes I do. I've had over a million views on some of my videos and I'm nothing. You got the Joe Rogans of the world getting 200 million views in a month. Tucker Carlson on Fox News was would get more views than all of those other legacy media sources combined. And now that he's gone from Fox and he's on Twitter, He's like 10x that. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I do know that when Fox hosted the um, Republican debate, the first one, they had 13 million people tuned in to watch that, while Tucker Carlson, streaming on on X, formerly Twitter, um, had Donald Trump on there and got over 150 million. So 13 million sounds like a lot when CNN's getting a few hundred thousand. But you have Tucker Carlson getting 150 million views. You have the Joe Rogan says that 200 million views. And so the, the, the powers that be, the government, they do not like this, which is why, of course, they've been working to uh, collude with these platforms to censor your speech. Now, you might say that people shouldn't be able to say harmful things. But you have to understand that freedom of speech, or I should say censoring of speech, is also censoring your ability to hear. You might say, hey, they shouldn't be able to say what they say, but that means you don't get to hear what you need to hear. And this is a perfect example that I want to dig into specifically. Let's dig past this uh, big picture stuff and let's get into the weeds. And I want to talk about what the heck is going on in Canada right now. Because if you don't understand what's happening in Canada, you're not going to understand what's happening in the United States and wherever else you're coming, wherever else it's coming to you in the world, specifically Europe. Most of the G7 basically is where it's really happening. So what the heck is going on in Canada uh, a Canada, you know, Canada, a country once known as being a, a beacon of democracy, a beacon of freedom, very similar to the United States, a democratic place, which is now spiraling very quickly into an authoritarian state, a, a communist state, if you will, um, using, of course, the tools of censorship. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to censor the truth. The truth will win. The truth wins in open, honest debate. Only when your ideas are horrible and they're lies do you have to censor the truth. Otherwise, if your if your ideas were good, they would win. Your ideas would win in debate. Only when you have lies do you have to censor. And so, I want to talk about what is going on um, just in Canada recently. They've passed two laws, two bills that have very quickly, like within weeks, reshaped what is going on in Canada. And again, you need to understand this. Um, if you produce content, uh, if you like to consume content, if you'd like to get good information, if you live in Canada, and if you live anywhere in the G7, you need to know what's going on because this is ramping up quick. Now, you probably know that Canada um, jumped the shark, if you will, when the trucker protest happened, and they quickly went to go seize the, everybody involved, any of these protesters' bank accounts. They froze the bank accounts. And so, you know, it's important to make sure that not all of your money is in the bank. I like to say, only keep money in the bank that you're willing to lose. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, we're breaking down how this world is changing very rapidly and censorship is creeping through Canada. And we'll talk about that in the United States as well. I got a whole lot to cover on this show. You don't want to miss it. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Ma Show. We're always talking about the decentralized revolution, how the world is changing. And today we're talking specifically about... Well, as always, politics, finance, and technology. We're talking about more specifically politics and technology and how the politics are using the technology to control us through censorship. But censorship isn't just about what we can say. It's also what we can hear. And then if it's about what we can say and hear, then it's about what we think. All right. So this is the ultimate form of control. Now, as I was saying, Canada has been sort of this... Uh, just like like the United States, it's our it's our uh, our neighbors in the north. It's uh, our friends living in our attic, uh, as my friend Greg Foss would say. Uh, but you know, a freedom loving nation, a democratically run nation that has now quickly transformed itself into one of the most authoritarian states, and it's very very scary. And as I was saying. In this short time, we've seen just step after step after step, recent developments around Canada that is, like I said, quickly, very quickly turning into this authoritarian state. So let's talk about some of this. Now, to kind of frame this up, I want to talk about a tweet from Chamath. Chamath is a famous investor, early investor into um, Facebook. You know, I think he's a billionaire at this point. And he talked about how he put out a tweet and he said that uh, over the past two days, uh, a part of a broader trend that is scary. A Western G8 country, that's one of the top eight countries in the world, who is slowly losing its identity, a government without a clear majority, so what kind of a democracy doesn't have a majority, an unskilled but highly ambitious, smooth-talking beneficiary of nepotism as its leader, well, I think that's Trudeau, we'll break all this down, an establishment that rewards, rewards virtue signaling more than value creation. Just a bunch of talk and don't produce anything. All right. Now, he said, these are the boundary conditions that slowly veer a country into becoming a judgmental authoritarian state where some hero, like Trudeau, self-anoints himself on behalf of everyone else to come in and save the day. Now, this is the same hero who calls other Canadians who protest the loss of 
freedom and civil liberties. He calls them Nazis. Remember the trucker protest? They're Nazis. They want freedom. They must be Nazis. But then he actually brings a real, actual Nazi into parliament and gives them a standing ovation. And then when he's called out on it, he says it's Russian misinformation. Now, what's even more scary, because the media called him out over this, then he has to silence the media. Look, there's never been a time in anywhere in history that the good guys censored speech. The people censoring speech have never been on the right side. Again, truth wins in open, honest debate. The only reason you have to censor is because people are speaking truth that you don't want others to hear. So when he was called out for calling other people Nazis and then literally bringing an actual Nazi up and the legacy media called him out on it, then he has to figure, well, what I need to do is just censor the media. So they can no longer do that. And so they've passed two bills that I want to break down for you. It's important to understand this. Um, and it's basically bringing media and citizen journalists under his thumb to control the information flow. All right. Now, if we break this down a little bit, it gets it gets pretty scary. And like I said, it's not just the G7 or the G8. It's, it's coming to a country near you. Now, of course, uh, if you're in China, if you're in North Korea, you're already dealing with this, all right? Uh, we can see this happening with uh, um, with Jordan Peterson. If you've been following along Jordan Peterson, they're trying to censor him. They're trying to control him. But we know that, uh, like I said, this is a rising core issue with Canadians. A recent poll found that 70% of Canadians believe that the Canadian government is becoming too authoritarian. 70%. So in a democracy, mob rule, I'm not a big fan of democracy. If you want to know why, read the book, uh, Democracy, the God that Failed, to understand this. But it's 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 a tyranny of the minority by the majority. Democracy is supposed to be the majority. So if 70% of the people don't like Canadian being too authoritarian, then shouldn't the government listen to that and change? We can see a group of Canadian academics have published an open letter warning the Canadian government um, that they're undermining the foundations of Canadian democracy. A group of Canadian citizens have launched a lawsuit against the Canadian government, alleging that its recent actions are violating the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Now, again, in a democracy, it should be the majority. But Justin Trudeau won the 2021 Canadian federal election with only 32% of the popular vote. That's not even a third. So it's certainly no majority. It's certainly not a democracy if that's how it is. Um, but yet we have this minority group running the government. So uh, I'm not, I don't want to get super um, deep into the political side and how that happened and what that means. There's a lot to, get to, to dig into there. But I want to talk specifically about what is going on right now with the laws that are passed. Because as I said, I told my wife, probably within two years, I won't be able to do this here in the United States. And here it is over in, uh, over it is in Canada and probably coming to a country near you. Now, real quickly, just to sort of understand this, let's just understand who Trudeau is. So Trudeau came to power um, from his father, who was a very affluent um, politician as well. But Trudeau had no prior experience in government or business. He was elected prime minister in 2015 at the age of 43 after his father, Pierre Trudeau, served as the prime minister from 68 to 84. In 2007, Trudeau starred in a two-part CBC television miniseries called The Great War, which gave an account of Canada's participation in the First World War. Now, I don't know what it is with these uh, authoritarian leaders being former actors like Zelensky. <laughs> Maybe it's because they can act very well, like they care about the country. I don't know. But the Trudeau family had a lot of wealth. Um, they had a lot of fortune. 
but they used businesses. They created value in order to create that fortune. The grandfather had uh, accumulated this fortune by building gas stations around Montreal. He created a loyalty program, sort of like a AAA club um, over there. And he provided value to people and he created lots of income and lots of wealth by providing lots of value. But sort of like the fourth turning is generational theory. By the time it gets down to Justin Trudeau, the grand, the grandson, he doesn't do anything. The only thing that he's done is trying to tell other people what to do without ever having done anything himself. And so he's created this establishment of virtue signaling instead of value creation because he's never done that before. So what do we mean? Well, like I said, celebrating an actual Nazi in parliament. Um, I don't want to get too deep into that again. I want to kind of stay out of the weeds on the political side because I don't believe what's happening right now is a political issue. And what do I mean by that? I don't believe that freedom is right wing or left wing. I don't believe it's extremist. It's just freedom. Why is that political? So I don't want to go into left or right or liberal Democrat. It's just let's look at the factual laws here. Now, as I said, Canada is part of the G7, part of NATO, part of the United Nations. And so it has a big voice on the global stage. And like I said, we've seen this polarization. It's really been crack. It's really been growing fast. This divide has been growing fast. Uh, we saw what happened with the trucker protest. I covered that extensively. Uh, if you don't know what happened, go ahead and do your research. But let's talk about what's going on right now. So in order to stop people saying bad things against the government, in order to continue to control the narrative, in order for them to try to control power, they have to control what people are saying. And so... Um, they have now passed two bills to control that. Now, they can control what's on TV. They could even squeeze some of the platforms like we saw here in the United States, you know, with the, with the Biden administration squeezing Meta, squeezing Twitter, et cetera. But what about the smaller broadcasters? What about the independent journalists? Well, they got plans for them too. Now, right off the bat, we can see that they've already passed a couple of laws that are already affecting Meta, and it's having a major impact into the news source. I want to dig into these laws here in a minute, but I'm going to take a very quick break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I'm talking about a couple of bills that were passed in Canada and are probably coming to a country near you, and you need to understand what's going on if you're going to stay a step ahead. So don't miss out. I'll be right back after a very short break. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. 
So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the disturbing laws that are going into place into Canada and it's coming to a country near you. Yes, it's happening in the United States. It's happening in Europe because it's part of the G7. It's part of NATO. It's part of the UN. But let's talk about specifically what's happening in Canada. Um, so let's let's dive in and see exactly what's inside these laws. So what we can see is that there's a, a new bill. It's called the Country's Online News Act, which basically requires tech companies like Meta and Google to negotiate with and pay publishers for their news content. These are walls that start going in that start uh, becoming checkpoints and then they start becoming choke points. And what happened is, is now they're creating laws, these regulations. And so the big platforms are now blocking the news. And so now if you're in Canada, you've probably already seen this, you can't log on to news sources. And so let's say, for example, if a Canadian person is friends with someone who lives in the United States and uh, the person in the United States um, shares a link on Facebook to, let's say, an article, well, the person in Canada won't be able to see that article. That sounds like it could be a problem, obviously, depending on what news it is. Now, this is widespread right now. They're just blocking everything. So we can see a couple of journalists in Canada have already made some comments. Um, and Mary McKenzie says, it's scary times. I'm no longer able to see the um, news stories. Meta and Google have been blocking the process. Uh, they're not able to see this. I think Tara Jeffrey says, I think the worst part of receiving this message today was the fact that it came after we posted about a missing woman in Sarnia. It's not just the news orgs that will suffer the fallout of this. It's the entire community. So like it's hashtag local journal journalism matters. And so even stories like, hey, a missing person, can you help us? That's blocked. Now, Medicals is a business decision saying it chooses to block news in order to comply with the online News Act. Now, the company says the Canadian government based its new legislation on the incorrect premise that Meta benefits unfairly from the news content. The Minister of Canadian Heritage says that the country will stand its ground as Meta moves forward with its irresponsible message to Canada and other governments. But this is what happens when you start passing these laws. So now Meta is blocking news sharing from Canadian publishers in Canada as well. We can see that it's had a massive impact on Canadian news media, with some publishers reporting a drop in traffic of up to 70%. News publishers reporting a drop of 70%. Google's planning a similar action for local news, which it will block starting when the law takes effect no later than 180 days after the bill's June 22nd passage. Now, what does this mean for the future of news consumption in Canada? Well, it's all part of the bigger plan. It's part of the EU, UN, WEF plan, and of course, Trudeau's on board for stricter control over independent news and podcasting. Now, the government reg regulator, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, CRTC, announced on Friday that it would require registration by independent content producers, including online news companies and individuals that host podcasts on their own websites. So now, remember I said, I probably wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing 
in America? Well, you may not be able to do this in Canada. So basically, if you create content, podcast, YouTube, whatever, you now have to go register. Now, if you know your history, you know where that leads. Registration is the first form of control. So now you have to be approved. Um, one of my favorite lines in the book, Atlas Shrugged, which if you haven't read that book, you certainly should, is that when you have to get permission to produce from men who produce nothing. And so here you have people who have never produced anything, but you have to get permission to even produce. And so now if you want to produce content, a podcast, a YouTube channel, now you have to go register. Well, if you have to register, that means you have to be given permission. So who do they get permission to? Uh, we saw you said something mean online, but online before. We don't like your political affiliations or whatever. And so no registration for you, no permission for you. This is the first step. The CRTC says that the law only covers some media companies uh, that are doing more than $10 million a year in revenue. And that, that the information it's, it's demanding is just minimal. It's not a big deal, right? They say that their goal is to better support Canadian Indigenous content and ensure it's available. But, of course, again, as we know, the registration is always just the first part. Now, we can see where this goes, and we can already see how this can be um, not just applied liberally, but how it can also be abused. And, uh, of course, Trudeau and Canada have a history of abusing this. We can see in 2019, the Liberal Party released a campaign ad that falsely claimed that the Conservative Party was planning to cut health care for seniors. The ad was later removed from YouTube for violating its policies on disinformation. And so they're the ones out there peddling disinformation, which, of course, is why they need to censor the other side. Because, as I said, the truth is always found in open, honest debate. Now, what's going on right now, as I said, there's two bills. They're using two bills and a series of regulations to crack down on this free speech. So there's C-11, which is the Online News Act, and then there's C-18, which is the Online Streaming Act. So there's two different ones, the Online News Act and the Online Streaming Act. The Online News Act receives support from multiple media lobby groups, including the Canadian Association of Broadcasters, um, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and things like that. Now, as they're working their way through the legislative process, we can see that the liberals have repeatedly lied. Complete, uh, they've, they've said that they were about targeting big tech and protecting and promoting Canadian culture. But in fact, they were part of a deliberate effort to censor ordinary Canadians. Now, again, if you have to register, if you have to get permission, then they're able to restrict and it makes it harder to express yourself online. It's not hard to understand that. Now, of course, like I said, this is they're doing this to protect you. They're doing this to protect you from the spread of disinformation uh, of course, they're not saying they're doing it to quash, uh, squash dissent, but they need to protect you from dangerous people using dangerous rhetoric to do things that we don't like, like the peaceful trucker protest. Of course, like I said, this is always the first step, and we can clearly see where this goes. We can see, back to the democracy, more than 6 in 10 Canadians are concerned about the bill's impact. Canadians are showing that, uh, you know, how big, how, how concerned they are. Uh, they don't think big news organizations need government bailouts, and they believe that the C-18 will harm smaller outlets. And so, again, the majority is saying this. They're not listening to this. Now, it's interesting timing on this. We can see that Trudeau's crackdown comes at a time when the European Union, the United Nations, and the World Economic Forum are all demanding harsh crackdowns on free speech. So is he listening to them? Is he caving to them? 
are they working in conjunction with them? Last week, the EU's top censorship officials claimed that X and Twitter was the biggest source of misinformation and demanded, yes, greater censorship. <laughs> that free speech is misinformation, not us, even though we get caught lying all the time, even though if our information was true, it would win. But we need to censor that free speech because that free speech is misinformation. Well, it's, it's opposite of what we're saying, but it doesn't make it wrong. Ahead of upcoming elections, Google, TikTok, Microsoft, and Meta also have had uh, have more to do to tackle disinformation. Much of it's coming from Russia, which is using social media to wage a war of ideas against democracy, claimed the European Commissioner Vice President Vera Jourova. It's all Russia, Russia, Russia. They're the ones spreading all the disinformation. They have a massive disinformation campaign, multi-million dollar euro weapons of mass manipulation, supposedly is what they say. They, have, they must protect us from that. The UN next month is co-sponsoring a pro-censorship event with the World Economic Forum, which of course is a private NGO, non-government organization, not elected, and they're creating a, quote, global coalition for digital safety to demand more censorship. We must stop what you can say, and we must prevent what you can hear in order to protect you. We must provide censorship in order to keep you safe. The Coalition for Digital Safety. It's always for your safety. The WEF is seeking to regulate big tech companies directly and has captured big tech already. We know this. Um, they got Google, Meta, TikTok, Microsoft all signed up for this. Twitter dropped out, of course, but the censors are relentless. Jarova said last week that Elon Musk is not off the hook and they're coming strong. If you just tune in and listening to the Mark Moss show, we're talking about the laws that are being passed against uh, free speech to censor you, to censor what you say, to censor what you hear. I got... A lot more to cover when I come back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And we've been talking about, as always, the decentralization, the deglobalization, how the pendulum is swinging back from this world of centralization to decentralization and how the governments in desperate attempts are trying to hang on to power 
it'll inevitably fail. Now, I was talking about the laws that are going in into the United States, into Europe, and specifically we've been talking about in Canada. Um, two laws that are just passed that will that will require all content creators, podcasters, YouTubers, news sources, independent journalists, journalism, journalists uh, to register with the state. Now, it's not a big deal. There, it's, it's, it's minimal information, but that's the slippery slope. That's how it starts. But registration means I must get permission. So now I have to get permission to even create content, to speak my voice. So you see how this goes. Now, of course, this is a part of a much bigger picture that the UN, the IMF um, are all pushing. And yes, it's coming to a country near you. Now, what's next for Canada? Well, in recent times, Canada has shown the world a series of contradictions that threaten to upend the nation's identity as a beacon of liberty and justice. So like I said, um, you have Justin Trudeau calling out the trucker protests, a peaceful protest, using their constitutional rights and calling them Nazis. But yet then bringing an actual Nazi soldier up in parliament and having to stand in ovation. If you're listening to me, you probably already get this, but you've probably realized by now that almost everything the authoritarians do is in direct contradiction to what they say. Now, I use the word authoritarians because, again, I don't want to make this a partisan issue. This is not a left or right. This is not a Democrat, Republican. This is not a liberal, conservative. It's not that. It's we the people versus the government. And there's people in the government that, sure, they want to protect our rights and they want to give us more freedom. But unfortunately, there's a massive push inside governments around the world, in the, in the U.S., in Canada, in the EU, in, of course, the WEF, the UN, that are authoritarians. And they want more authority over you. And so if you just listen to their rhetoric, they're saying one thing and doing the other. They're calling one group of peaceful, peaceful protesters, they're calling them dangerous they're calling them Nazis and then literally bringing Nazis up. They're saying we must protect you from disinformation, but they're the ones that are spreading the misinformation. And again, not left or right. These are authoritarians, all right? This is Justin Trudeau. I don't know what political party he's in, nor do I care. He's an authoritarian. He's trying to take away your ability to speak and my ability to hear. All right. Now, this is all an illusion, right? We can see over and over and over again how much Justin Trudeau and the Canadian government has completely disregarded any principles of democracy. Again, using disinformation, um, the government's approach seems to employ the tactic of a guilty until proven innocent. And now even pre-crime. You might do something bad, so we must prevent you from even getting the chance to maybe potentially do something bad in the future. Now, all of this leads to a massive amount of loss of trust, a huge erosion of trust. And as I've talked about many, many times and probably really increased this rhetoric was around the trucker protest. And the thing is with trust is it's very fragile. When trust is broken, it doesn't just come back, which is why we can see not just in Canada, but in the United States and in almost every developed nation, trust in governments is at almost an all-time low. Now, in some nations, Singapore, some of the Asian nations, uh, trust is still pretty high. It's part of their culture a little bit over there. But here where we sort of have this more free culture um, and we, we just have this skeptical viewpoint, but we've seen over and over and over and over again how we're being lied to. And they're the ones lying, they're caught in their lies, and yet they say that we're the ones spreading disinformation. We can see this over and over. We can see how um, Trudeau has, 
has cracked down on this. Now they're passing laws on this. We can see how they treated their own people again, you know, arresting people in the trucker protests. Um, there's still people being held for now more than two years in that that have been completely denied any due process. There's four people in jail that have done 40, 50, 60 days of solitary confinement, two years in prison with zero due process of law. That is not a free country. That is not a Democrat country. It's torturous treatment. It's a way that you don't even treat war criminals. Now, they have to continue to hold them because they can't allow them to go to um, trial because they don't have the evidence and they'll probably lose. And that's going to look very, very bad on authoritarian. So in dictatorships like you would imagine North Korea to be or you would imagine, you know, whatever, a Russia, as we've been told to be, you would imagine that they would grab their political you know, um, opponents and throw them in jail and lock them up and never hear from them again um, because you don't, they don't want you to hear what they have to say. They have to censor, sort of like what's happening to Donald Trump right now. Right now, right now, um, he's being, you know, being uh, run through the court system in New York, and they are putting a gag order, right? If you notice what's happening with Trump in all these different cases, they're putting gag orders in effect because they can't let you hear what he has to say. I mean, just look at the contradiction here. When Trump was impeached now two times, it was 24-7 the news cycle being crammed down your throat nonstop. And now we have Biden going through an impeachment and all legacy media has completely blacked out. They don't talk about it at all. This is the contradiction that we're talking about. And we can see it. We can see it everywhere. So what do we do about it? Well, for now, we still have a voice, right? For now, we still have a voice and we need to continue to speak out on this because the future implications if unchecked, are bad, right? These actions can serve as a model for other nations. Like I said, it's happening in Canada. They'll see how it works. They'll continue to turn up the heat here in the United States. It's going to continue to happen in Europe and so forth. The whole world is watching. If the people lay down and allow this to go through, then the rest of the world goes, huh, well, I'm surprised. The people pretty laid down pretty easy. No big deal. We should probably do the same. However, if people stand up, if people put up a fight, if people vote these people out of office, then the rest of the world sees that and goes, huh, well, we don't want to fight. We don't want our people voting us out of office. <clears throat> we probably should think about uh, a different tactic. And so the whole world is watching, just like the whole world watched the trucker protest, the whole world is watching this as well. If governments can just completely bypass all due process, you know, in the name of whatever, security, you know, keeping you safe, et cetera, if they can do that and nobody puts up a fight, then the other nations will do the same thing. As I like to say, your compliance makes you complicit. And I know I'm guilty. I got my family. I got my business. I want to focus on my health. Um, it's a losing, it's a losing proposition. Let me just focus on what I need to do and forget that. But we're never going to win that way. The more quiet we are, the more that we comply, the more that we are actually helping push this through. Because all it takes is, well, the cliche, the saying, it's not a cliche, the saying is all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. I was listening to an interview with Jordan Peterson talking to his daughter, Michaela Peterson. He was talking about what's happening with him in the college system and how they're trying to take away his license. Um, and she asked him, hey, why, why are you still there? Why are you still fighting this? Why don't you just move to America like I've done? And he said, look, it's not that far gone. Canada isn't that far gone yet. And take this to, to, take this to the United States or wherever you live. It's not that far gone yet. 
He said it's one or two crazy people inside the inside the university. One or two people. All we need is one or two people to stand up and counter that. In your local government, it's one or two people that are extremists that are pushing this. And all we need is one or two people to stand up and counter that. In your school board, in your city council, in your county board, local government, local school systems, local governments matter. We've sort of been scammed. We've all been told to look at the president, look at Joe Biden, look at Trump. Let's all get caught up in this presidential thing when that doesn't really matter to our life. But what does matter to your life is your local school board, your county supervisor, your state representatives, and your governor. That's what matters. And you do have a voice. All it takes for evil to prevail is good men to do nothing. And we need one or two people to stand up, sacrifice your time, effort, energy, maybe sacrifice some of your money. Go participate. We can turn the tides. It's not too late yet. Now, if you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, how this world is changing as authoritarian rises up and people are pushing back, hopefully motivating you to step up. But that's what we got today. I know it's scary. We will prevail if we do the hard work. But that's what I got for today. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.